When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to talk some NRL now, and um, this man's pen is the voice of the written word of Rugby League. It is Dan Talentire. Uh, six again, Dan. Uh, welcome back in. Thank you very much for having me. That's a very kind intro. Be <laughs> so many things to get through, and I've just actually just this minute read that some judiciary reports are out. It's all high shots and shoulder charges, crusher tackles, hip drops, is it because the players aren't learning or is it because um, you can't get away with as much as you used to? Oh, I think it's probably a little harsh to say the players aren't learning. I think there's been, yeah, obviously I think the hip drop's been a big talk of things this year. There's been a lot of players charged with hip drop tackles. The NRL's been quite vocal in what is and isn't a hip drop tackle and I think a lot of it is coming down to um, players not quite making the right decision in moments, um, finding themselves in an awkward position in tackles and I think we're, you know, I think a lot of these aren't certainly far from intentional. Christian Welsh was charged this morning with a tackle that'll see him likely ruled out for uh, at least one game with a guilty plea. So I think that someone like Christian is not going out there to make a bad tackle. I think it's a, it's an accident that's happening in these moments, and unfortunately, there's yeah, you kind of can't get away with these things these days, and, and players' safety is ultimately paramount in, in everything. Quite a few teams and players I want to talk to you about. We'll have to start with the good news over this side. Um, New Zealand fans, sports fans, are just so cock-a-hoop about how the Warriors are going about their business. That first-half defensive effort must have even made Australians, like your good self, Dan, uh, sit up and take notice of that. Yeah, I've got a very soft spot for Andrew Webster. We spoke about this uh, last year when he was appointed, and I said he would be great. Look, he's uh, done fantastic things in that team, I think. What's been most important in the Warriors is the belief that's in that side at the moment. There's a a real confidence and resilience that regardless of whether they're playing their best footy or not, that they can hang in a game, that they can defend, like you said. And ultimately, then, when they do get down the other end, they've got some class in attack uh, to be able to produce the goods. I think we all are amazed at just how good Sean Johnson is playing. Uh, There's obviously an offer on the table for him next year to stay at the Warriors. Uh, which at this rate, you'd be very surprised if he didn't. Someone like Chance Nickel-Cookstar is, is being really, really great in what he's added to that side. Uh, and then you add in some of the other players, Alan Wateni Zalesniak obviously had an incredible finish. That try in the corner was just brilliant, uh, even with a man in the bin. So, look, a, a terrific performance from the Warriors, particularly given all the emotion that they were going up against in Jared Croker's 300 down there in Canberra. That, that is one of the more impressive uh, victories we've seen from a Warriors side in Australia, I would say, in the last few years. We've had a few messages for actually one of the latest ones was, uh, and they pointed out, and you watch as much rugby league as anyone, about uh, the back three doing a lot of the grunt work, getting us out of our own red zone on those on those early sets. And when you look at Montoya, um, Dalamotini, Zalesniak, and Chance Nicolucci, is there a back three more determined getting out of their own red zone than the Warriors? Oh, let's probably hit, yeah, they're certainly up there, certainly up there. I think you look at Penrith's back three, they've they been fairly tough to beat. Someone like Brian Toto, Sunia Taruva and Dylan Edwards are usually over 200 metres every week. They're probably the first three that come to mind, but certainly it's been an impressive back three for the Warriors. And 
and probably really reminded of the days when they had Roger and uh, Ken Mamalo and David Fusatua coming out of the mm. back. I think there was certainly that was what started off those sets really well. And, and I think we're seeing that out of the back three of the Warriors at the moment. And what that's doing is it's really allowing for changes in the team to feel less disruptive. I think it's, it's gone under the radar just how many changes there have been at the Warriors team this year. They've had a lot of centres be injured. They've had a lot of change in the back row. Someone like Mitch Barnett's missed a lot of footy. Uh, and so I think what that could have done is really disrupt the team. But instead, because they've had that consistency from the back three and being able to bring the ball forward, uh, you know, tackle one, tackle two, every single set, it's really allowing them to have a platform and those changes to be less felt. Um, and it's a real testament to the way in which they've gone about their team this year. And, and I think you can't give enough credit to Andrew Webster and his staff for what they've been able to do in this team within the first 12 months of being there. Before we leave the Warriors, it's very easy to uh, sing their praises and laud their performances. Where's their weaknesses? Where do the Warriors have to step up a little bit more in your view? Yeah, I think there's a there's a real reliance on Sean Johnson's kicking game, which is a good thing. I think that's a good thing that there's a lot of reliance on his kicking game to get them out of trouble. I think at times there's a little bit that that becomes a little bit too telegraphed. So I think it's really important that Luke Metcalf continues to evolve and improve his confidence on the footy. Um, and I think similar to probably what you touched on a couple of minutes ago was there is a there is, the reality is they are inviting a lot of attacking pressure on their line. Uh, showing resilience is great. Probably not putting yourself in the position to show resilience in the yeah. first place would be better. So I think being able to really control the game a little bit more would be helpful. I think you, you look at a team like Penrith, and we'll get on to them in a minute, I'm sure, the way in which they... They essentially camped in the Roosters' end all game and put pressure on the Roosters that way. I think that's a real shift that the Warriors can do. We, we know this team can score points. They've got a number of attacking players. Um, I think being able to really control the game a little bit more rather than playing on the back foot and reacting to teams' mistakes, uh, I think is the next step for this team. And, and that's the real next evolution they've got to go from being a, a top eight side to being a top four team and ultimately a premiership contender. But having said all that, you can't really knock what they're doing at the moment. They've got the second best defensive record in the competition behind Penrith. uh, And the signs of what this team is starting to put together is really quite impressive. Um, You mentioned the Panthers. No surprise that their performances just continues to be great, even without Nathan Cleary. But the Roosters scoring six points, they just look like a really good team on paper that have, I'm not going to say no idea, but incredibly low on confidence. Yeah, I think the low on confidence is a really good point. I, I just It just looks clunky. Mm. Something just does not look right there. I think they've tried to shift Joey Manu into the halves to spark some attack. And, and, and the first two games in which he played 5-8, they obviously beat the Dragons on Anzac Day. And then I think they followed that up with a, a win over the Warriors in New Zealand. And, and there was enough there to suggest that maybe... Manu and Kiri was the halves combination moving forward, but it really has gone uh, backwards since then. Uh, I think Joe Manu's not getting involved in his creativity enough. We obviously saw him at the World Cup, uh, just how good he can be at fullback. So he can play well in that roaming role in the middle of the field, but it's just not quite clicking for them at the moment. Look, it's, it's undoubtedly a talented team, and they do have a lot of good players on the sideline. Obviously, no Sam, uh, no Sam Walker. Uh, no Brandon Smith, no Victor Radley, uh, even Joseph Suwali. He was out on the weekend. That's no excuse, though, for the talent that is on the field. Uh, I think it was really interesting to hear Trent Robinson post-game just talk about how much it's on him to find a solution to what's going on at the moment. To me, that suggests that there's likely going to be a bit of a change in that side in terms of where players are, are running out. I think there's 
it's probably an understanding that it hasn't quite worked the changes that's been made and so I think uh, obviously Sam Walker's out injured at the moment but when he is available for selection I think um, we're probably going to expect to see him back in the team and it'll be really interesting to see the Roosters what changes they do make because you're right this is a very talented team that should be producing better than what they are at the moment. Um, the NRL week in, week out sort of advertises itself as anyone can beat anyone and no better example of the bottom of the table, Dragons, uh, beating the Rabbitohs, who a lot of people say are top two, top four. Um, what's that the biggest news for? P- potentially the Dragon. we've got an avid Dragons fan listener here, Ken. He was absolutely frothing that win against the Rabbitohs. Uh, what's the biggest story, the Dragons win or the Rabbitohs losing that? Uh, I think probably the Dragons win. I think probably the the one thing, if I can uh, maybe block Ken's ears for this, there's a, probably a little asterisk on the Rabbitohs when you take into consideration there was no Latrell Mitchell, no Cody Walker, uh, no Cameron Murray. That's a fair three to have out of a team, particularly given the way the Rabbitohs' spine uh, functions and their importance to the team. Having said that, you can't take anything away from the Dragons. They were fully in control of that game. Uh, obviously, it got a little bit hairy late on with three tries in three minutes for the Rabbitohs, but Certainly a really good performance in the Dragons and probably one that we've seen glimpses of, if not uh, a full kind of follow-through of that. You know, this team, when they click, can produce some really good wins. They've obviously beaten the Roosters and probably should have beaten them again on Anzac Day. They've obviously beaten the Rabbitohs now. I think there's some, there are some good signs there and there's some really good players when you look at that team on paper. It hasn't quite clicked as some of the young players come in and out of games, but I think when players like Jaden Sullivan and Tyrell Sloan are on, they are as talented and as capable as any team in the competition, some of those young players, what they can produce. So, look, I think some really good signs for the Dragons. I've been really impressed by what Ryan Carr has done as an interim coach. I know there's a lot of talk around who their next full-time coach will be, and then um, there's obviously been Jason Riles is in discussions, and now people like Shane Flanagan or Ben Hornby are all being talked about. So I think there's some really interesting next steps for the Dragons. And a, a key point for me will be how they integrate Ryan Carr into that team moving forward. Uh, I don't think he'll be in consideration as a head coach, but he's certainly showing as an interim that he's been really good and really helpful in bringing that team together. And I think it would be great to see him involved one way or another in that team moving forward. Uh, there was a massive spotlight on uh, the Sharks game, pumped by the Melbourne Storm, and an even bigger spotlight on Nico Hines, uh, potentially playing for a spot in the New South Wales starting lineup. Uh, really disappointing for the Sharks. Yeah, really disappointing. I think you can take out potentially. He was playing for a spot in the starting lineup. There is no Nathan Cleary for the Blues, and I think it was quite clear that going into the weekend, it was a bit of a three horse race. Nico Hines, who was in the team for game one, uh, Mitchell Moses, who's going to play later this afternoon against the Bulldogs, and Adam Reynolds, who uh, wasn't great at times for the Broncos, but had a really good second half and ultimately set up the match winner uh, for the Broncos. So I think, look, certainly Nico Hines is in contention, and I think there's no doubt that he still is in contention, but that was a really disappointing performance from the Sharks altogether, and ultimately Nico, I think he knows that he had a lot of errors that he wouldn't normally make. I think the Sharks tried to throw the ball around a little too much early on, uh, which you just can't do against teams like Melbourne, who will just punish you if you make errors. And I think once that got away from them, they were chasing points. And really, the Melbourne Storm aren't a team you want to be chasing points against because they were ruthless. I thought Cameron Munster, I thought Jerome Hughes was excellent. Uh, Nick Meany continues to go great at at fullback. And yeah, look, a really disappointing performance from the Sharks. Uh, A real talking point for them is their performances against the top eight teams this year. They're again yet to beat a top eight side 
Uh, there's certainly probably claims then of flat track bullies and things like that since you come in. I think that's probably a little far. Um, but it's really disappointing how the Sharks have been against the good teams this year. And that's the next step for them to ultimately be considered a, a premiership contender. If they can't compete against the teams like Melbourne and Penrith, then they're really not going to be in the mix for that, uh, even if they are in the top eight. Uh, talking to Dan Talentai from NRL.com. Uh, Dan, I didn't expect to be entertained as much as I was by the Broncos versus Knights uh, and in brackets, Rhys Walsh versus Caelan Ponga. That fed me everything. Oh, wasn't it some matchup? And I know Caelan obviously called Billy Slater to rule himself out of game one and Rhys Walsh was brilliant in his Maroons debut, but it's a fair... Uh, number two fullback when Caelan Ponga is not in the Queensland Maroon side. Him and Reese Walsh were just brilliant uh, on on Saturday. There, they were um, creative. They were. Caelan looked fast. Reese Walsh is fast, but they just they were by far and away just controlling and having their own little mini battle yeah. even within the game. And geez, it was great to see. And for me, the thing that was ultimately great to see was the scenes post game. There was a a wonderful laugh and a hug together at the end. You know, I think there's a lot of talk about those two players and what they'd have been in regards to competing for Origin jerseys. But it wouldn't have been too long ago that Reese Walsh was obviously looking to Kalen as the Maroons fullback when Reese was coming through the emerging squad and would have been looking to him in that. And so it was great to see that at the end of the whistle, there's a nice hug and a moment between the two, knowing that they'd played out part of a really great game. And like you said, it, it was a really enthralling contest. Um, I think the Knights have shown this year that they can hang in games and be quite resilient. Similar in a way to the Warriors, some of the, the performances of players like Jackson Hastings, they just refuse to go away and refuse to give in. Um, just not quite enough in there. Ultimately, the, the Broncos got the job done at home. Um, but geez, it was a great performance and probably one that we didn't expect to be a great game on paper. Ultimately, turned out to be just that way. Uh, the Dolphins. Um, a lot of people's second favourite side. Depth is being tested now with injury, etc. Wayne Bennett saying he's not going to recruit. We've got to feed a team. Is is the honeymoon over, or is it just the first argument after the wedding? Oh uh, yeah, probably first argument after the wedding is probably <laughs> a fair point to put it. Oh, I quite like that phrase. I might use that this week. Um, no, I, I think I think you're right. The, the the depth of the Dolphins is certainly being tested. Um, and look, a performance like that, Wayne Bennett obviously won't have been happy. They really dropped their heads laid on, which is probably the first real time we've seen that from the Dolphins um, this year and certainly disappointing to go down the way that they did. Uh, There are a lot of players out there which you've got to consider. And I think of also you've got to remember too that, uh, and I I think this is why Wayne Bennett's big on the not needing to recruit instantly for this year. There's some really good players coming to that team next year. Uh, Thomas Flegler is going to be in that Maroon squad again. He was very good in game one. Herbie Farmworth is... I think going quite under the radar this year as one of the better centres in the competition for Brisbane. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's not eligible for Origin being English, but he is going just as good as any centre in the comp, in my mind. Uh, and so I think whilst there's, yeah, some difficult patches for the Dolphins, you've got to remember too, this is the first year. Um, obviously, they've certainly overachieved on so many people's expectations to start the season. Um, they're the most suspended team in the competition, so discipline and fatigue is starting to be an issue for that side. And as that happens over the course of a year, you're going to have players that uh, haven't necessarily played a full season of first grade before needing to play week in and week out. Um, so I think these, these dips are to be expected. Uh, I don't think the honeymoon is over, though. I think there's a really good side there and a really good culture of competitiveness. Um, and I think whilst that was not on show in the second half of this week's game, I think certainly as they 
rebound and get back together again and get some of those players back. It sounds like Sean O'Sullivan might be back for their next game, which is a huge inclusion for them. Um, I think they'll start to again pick up. And I think they're absolutely still in the mix for this top eight race. It's, it's such a tight competition this year. Um, I think we're, everyone's probably looking for the Dolphins to run out of puff a little bit. I just don't think they will. They're a Wayne Bennett team. They will continue to fight for the whole season. Wayne's been through this before. He's seen every scenario in a, in a top eight race and knows exactly what his team needs to do. I would absolutely not be surprised if they're still in contention for the eight come round 27 this year. And last player I want to ask you about, Luke Brooks won't be a Tiger. What colour jersey will he wear next year, do you think? And will it be in Australia? Yeah, really good question. Obviously, news uh, emerging over the weekend that Luke Brooks has knocked back the offer from the Tigers. Uh, probably the first thing to note here is that that uh, offer can then obviously be changed and Luke may end up staying. It does sound unlikely at this point, but it is worth putting that out there. Luke's uh, been at the Tigers since he debuted back in 2013, having come through the junior grades there. So his whole life has been in Sydney. Uh, and I think he's uh, shown in the last month just how good he can be when he the shackles are off a little bit. I think he was... Again, one of their best uh, against Canberra the week before. He obviously starred in his 200th game as they ran up 60-odd points against the Cowboys. And so there's been some really good signs there for Luke. Uh, I'd be very surprised if there's a number of teams that aren't in for Luke. Um, Canberra's been one that's been heavily linked before. Um, the Bulldogs uh, uh, could be an option. Uh, obviously, there's offers from overseas that appear to be there. I think there's a number of teams that will certainly be in the mix for Luke Brooks, particularly given uh, his price tag this year, which is reported to be well well beyond $1 million, probably won't be the case next year. Um, so certainly there'll be a number of teams that are being for Luke. And I think it's, it's really interesting because the upside is there. This is a guy that's played 200 first grade games who knows what's required week in and week out. He's going to miss the next few weeks with a hamstring injury. So a really good opportunity for him to take some time to recover on that and sort out his future. Uh, he's got a young family. He's got a, a, a baby that he had last year. He's been in Sydney his whole life. So there's obviously plenty keeping him in Sydney, which is a chance for him to stay around his family, but also it might be a time for him to move, uh, whether that's both interstate or overseas. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a number of teams come in for Luke um, because I think there's a really good player there and a really good halfback that uh, ultimately halfbacks don't grow on trees and, and a good one in the NRL can be hard to find. Yeah, brilliant. Hey, Dan, love talking uh, the 13-man code with you. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll catch up before too long. Fantastic. Good to chat and uh, up the waz. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. New Zealand. Up the waz. Oh, from Dan Talentai from NRL.com. Absolutely love that. Right, we'll have a break. We'll come back after that.